0: Hello, this is Sarah Yost. Welcome to the Janelle Gets Free Business Coaching Podcast with me, Sarah Yost, and me, Janelle Robinson. <laughs> so it's about to get teary up in here. So let me just oh. give you a quick preview of what is going on. Um, and then Janelle will tell you, but I'll tell you, I'll I'll tell you my version. So Janelle's having a lot of trouble, um, In her brain, and it's affecting her home life and her business. And she's set up a lot of expectations for herself that she can't meet. And we're going to talk about some things going on in her marriage, but what we're going to talk about is really what's going on in her. And what I want you to hear, sweet listener, is you know, what happens in your relationships when you're eaten up with your own ideas about how things should be. This is not at all a podcast about um, villainizing Janelle's husband. It really has nothing to do with him. He hasn't done anything right or wrong in this situation. Our job in relationships is to just love the person in front of us exactly as they are. And that's also my job as a coach, I think, is to love the person exactly as they are and help point out what it is that's creating suffering. So I think that we can all identify with having personal fallout and having personal struggles and that really affecting all areas of our life, especially business. Like how the hell do you do business when you feel like ass? And um, I think that's one of life's questions. How do you do anything when you feel like ass? So, you don't. So, well, sometimes or you, it, you take, to <laughs> take to bed. take to bed. That's what my mama calls it. So anyway, so so we're going to we've got a box of Kleenex and we've got our drinks and we're ready to go. So Janelle, what's going on? Um so and I'm going <laughs> to
1: just kidding. <laughs> let me stop you for a
0: second. Let me stop you. We're not ready to cry yet. I have to laugh at myself for a minute. Um so anyway, I'm going to let Janelle talk a little more than I might if we were in a regular coaching session. I might stop you a little bit more quickly, but I do want people to understand a little background and some of the things that you've dealt with.
1: So, yeah. Okay. All right. So problems really, I'm not like somebody that hates myself. Like yeah, we've talked about this, but there are some things. So when I met my husband, I told him I wanted five kids and then I, Got pregnant and hated pregnancy and then gave birth and I had a C-section with no anesthesia, which gave me PTSD, which fucked up. Wait, was. C-section with no anesthesia? What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Um, so her heart rate had dropped and they couldn't they couldn't wait to get the epidural to work and there was no one to intubate me to knock me out for the whole surgery. Wow. Um, so that causes PTSD. <laughs> I wonder why. And then it just, and I was undiagnosed for over a year, maybe a year, um, and got no help maybe six months to nine months. a long time with
0: yeah. no sleep and a new baby and everything upside oh, down and, yeah. and your hormones all fucked up.
1: Mm-hmm. And kay. then my husband was gone for four out of the first six months of my daughter's birth. Okay. Oh, and she was colicky and I had an infection and all this stuff. So all of this really fucks with your head. And... I was holding on okay until we moved here. And I am a talker, if you guys haven't noticed. And I didn't speak for two days. And my husband was like, mm. we need to get you some help. Which I could I could do a whole podcast, like an entire season on how fucked up the mental health system is. But anyway, with help from my husband and support, finding a therapist, and thank God for TRICARE... We, I found a therapist, and I was put on to Zoloft, and things got better. But there's a big difference between PTSD from people um, and what is put on television. When we talk about PTSD, it's um, soldiers, and they get scared when they hear fireworks. There is that kind of PTSD, but what I deal with every day is... You know, when you feel stressed about a deadline or just you're very, very stressed about one thing and you feel that in your heart. Yeah. It's like your heart rate is up. Right. I feel that 24-7. When I'm driving, sometimes I can't get the thought of a car sideswiping and killing my daughter out of my head. Yeah. Um, So it's not just I'm afraid of loud noises or I don't. I also don't like watching birth stories or I can finally look at birth photography um, and I don't look at pregnant women and be like, oh shit, they have no idea. Um, <laughs> very negative thoughts. Like, Ooh. they're going to cut you open. <laughs> You're going to die. You're going to wish you died. Right. Um, so it's gotten better, but that's still being in that cotton, constant state, even with medication of, being stressed out. Right. But something bad can happen at any moment. Right. Um Little fights become big fights. Yeah. Or, or little things that Ryan says or Chelsea does. Right. I flip the fuck out. Right. And it's not. It's not an excuse. I'm working on that part. But it is an explanation. Yeah. Um So I've been working on that. And then. Because I don't want more kids. And I knew my husband wanted more than one. I stress out about that, that. Yeah. And I think in my head constantly, I, I just want him to divorce me so he can meet somebody else that will have another kid for him. Yeah. Because I feel guilty because when we got married, I said I wanted five kids and now I don't want any more. I love Chelsea so much, but I don't know if I can physically go through that again. Yeah. Um, which is totally understandable, even though people tell me to have a second kid all the time. Um, yeah. Which is really frustrating. Are they going to carry it for you? That's what I'm saying. For free. Um, and I wish that I could just be like. I just want to pop out some more. Because Chelsea's so fun. Like. Chelsea is the perfect kid for us. She cracks us up all the time. She's so cute. Um, I love everything about Chelsea. Minus the terrible two. <laughs> um, she's our perfect kid. And of course you want to make another one like that. Um, but it's. It It physically makes me sick. I know. Um, It physically makes me think sick to think that I'm I could be pregnant again. Yeah. Um, And so that I want to overcompensate for not giving him another child. Right. I also have gained a lot of weight since I'm. our wedding. Right. So I feel like I have to overcompensate because I don't look as pretty as I used to. Right. And that, this is nothing that my husband says to me. Right. Again, not vilifying him. This is all in my head. I think because I don't work full time. Yeah. I'm able I'm mostly a stay at home mom. I choose to work because I love what I do and I love helping people and I want to be a stay at home mom and then became a stay home mom and said, fuck that shit. (laughs) I'm not doing this. Um, So I needed something for myself, but I'm not bringing in nearly as much as my husband. My money is kind of just how I'm covering myself. And so I feel like I need to overcompensate for not bringing in money by having a cleaner house and cooking dinner. But I don't like cooking dinner because my daughter is crawling up me every time I'm trying to cook (laughs) and slicing vegetables and working with heated stuff. So it's very stressful for me to cook right now. And then anytime I try to clean anything, Chelsea goes right behind me and just makes another mess. Mm -hmm. And so I feel constantly like I'm cleaning all day and it doesn't look like I did anything. So I put that on me, too, that, like. Right. I have to do all this stuff. And so. Because I want to make my husband happy. Right. And he. No matter how often he says, like, hey, I don't. I don't need all of this. I just want you and Chelsea to be happy and healthy. Like, that's it. I can help clean the house. And I just, it's, but it's ingrained in my head that I'm not good enough and I have to keep doing more and more to, like, keep him happy. Yeah. And if I just let myself be happy, he'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we had a big conversation last night and I made him pinky promise that he would be fine with now a second kid.
0: Okay.
1: Because I literally, like, I cry in my car sometimes thinking, like, I just want him to meet somebody better. I don't know. So that's why I'm at. But you can't think like this. And then also, you can't be a good friend, a good wife, a good mom. I mean, I am. But it's straining. Yeah. To, like, then, in the back of your head, continually tell yourself that you're not good enough. You want to
0: hang out with me? I suck.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: So, okay. So, um, the first thing is, I know that you're also seeing a therapist. Is that right?
1: On again, off again, but as my New Year's resolution, not really. I just okay. It just happened to happen. Now, um, I booked three months straight from January to March. Okay. With my therapist. Great. Does your
0: therapist do some do a treatment like EMDR to treat PTSD?
1: No, but she does hypnotherapy, which I'm going to go try. Okay, because I haven't I didn't do it before because I had to take Chelsea to some of my appointments. Yeah, and then Ryan was with me for some, right, so that he could understand my PTSD a little bit more because he doesn't quite is, understand what happens.
0: Is hypnotherapy an effective treatment for PTSD?
1: I have no idea. I'm gonna find
0: out. Okay, so it sounds like you know one of the things that happens when you have PTSD is your nerve, your parasympathetic nervous system is just constantly on alert. You're constantly in a fight or flight state, okay. and you don't have any access to your intelligence, your intuition, your creativity, your ability to problem solve. Because if you were in the, you may know this, but I want you to hear this as if you don't. Because it's, it's a good reminder for everybody. So if you're in the wild and there is a wild animal coming at you, you don't need to problem solve, be creative, love, feel any sensations. The only thing you need to do is activate and know like what you need to do to stay alive. Your body is incredibly intelligent and it will take care of you in that state. But the problem is, is that if you're constantly believe if your body is constantly under attack, you have no ability to sort through real danger and not danger. So that's why every time anything happens, you believe you're in danger because you're seeking it. Your brain is on on fire. Your limbic system is constantly activated, and so we can do a lot of work cognitively. That's you know, the, the coaching work that I do is incredibly effective, incredibly effective. It's much more than just like setting some goals and doing some shit and being accountable and like telling you you're a worm if you don't do it. Like that's not, that's not the effectiveness of coaching. It's really about like like helping you retrain your brain to create whatever it is that you want to do. It's incredibly effective. I've seen a lot of people have said that our work is more effective than what they've done with therapists. And I think that is probably true in some cases. I, I'm i not at all anti-therapy. I just think that the, the, the modalities that I use are incredibly effective is, is what I'm saying. But it's only effective if you're not constantly freaking out. And so we need to get you to stop constantly freaking out because you can't see through that. And... That is, you know, sometimes the work of like, how do you live your life when you feel like ass? Sometimes the answer is you need to calm the fuck down first. Like you can't fix anything if you're on fire. We need to get you off of fire. And that means we need to take care of your meat sack. Your meat sack supports your brain. So let's talk about some of the basic things that you need to be doing in order just to get your brain online. Okay. Okay um you need to drink enough water not a ton of coffee you
1: (laughs) you should see the look i just gave her like bitch i'm gonna kill you yeah so but just know like and
0: and you don't have to change all of this every day and this isn't like and i'm not going to give you a list of like really fancy things to do this is pretty basic support for your body well i've
1: cut down coffee this is the second day this week that I've had coffee and I was having coffee twice a day every day of the week. Yeah. So it's getting better. I'm not anti-coffee. I'm drinking coffee at the moment so I'm like trying to be like it's not that bad. Yeah. No, it's it's okay. I I, I mean, you do whatever you can tolerate
0: and just know that like you'll get sensitive, you know, when, when I was going through, when my brain was 100 was super broken, I could not tolerate coffee, I had never given up coffee, never wanted to never cared, I would temper it sometimes, but I was never like, I'm gonna be giving up coffee. But what I began to notice was every time I, I drank coffee, it made me hundred times more sensitive to everything and i was already so fucking sensitive i couldn't stand it and so i drank less coffee i actually quit drinking coffee for um i think close to a year so anyway coffee you know coffee is a stimulant and it's going to make it worse so just know that and you want to be hydrated and then you want to sleep are you sleeping
1: sometimes okay it's some. okay so with ptsd sometimes it's really hard for me to sleep especially with a husband that isn't always home. Yeah, because he's an air force pilot. So he he either has night flights. Like the other night, he didn't go. He flew until midnight. So yeah. I didn't sleep until midnight. Yeah, um, because I can't sleep until he texts me that he's safe. Yeah, um, like he, he texts me when he lands. Yeah, whenever it's appropriate. Yeah, um, because I just I I love him so much. And I worry about him, and I know it's like yeah. He's more likely to get in a car accident driving home from work. Yeah. But. Okay. um, Or he's gone in a TDY and I can't sleep. But part of the reason PTSD is, especially when my husband's not home, I stay up and try, like, Every little creek yeah, is like because you're on somebody high alert. trying to break in.
0: High alert, it's, yeah. yeah, and so we need to get your alert system down. And so that's what we're talking about here. So yeah, so and it is a real chicken and egg situation. It's like, how the fuck am I supposed to sleep when I'm on high alert? Well, how am I supposed to get off of high alert if I can't sleep? Yeah. So if you can't, then we'll hit it in another direction. It's fine. Like we'll take care of what you can control and what you can do. This is not about. It's not about beating you up for the things that you can't do. Like if you can't sleep because you're on high alert, then we'll
1: support you some other way. On the nights that you can sleep, you can sleep. I've also in the past few months have given my permission given myself permission to nap. Yeah. When my daughter naps, if yeah. I don't sleep the night before. Perfect. If I need a nap, I just do it because yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna produce quality work if I'm yeah yeah so I can sit and watch tv and like pretend that I'm working or I can just take a nap and feel better for the rest of the day yes that's perfect okay so I can get sleep sometimes okay but when I I try to make up for it sometimes sometimes you can't just because life but
0: so so know that when you have good sleep you're going to be in better
1: shape I'm a much nicer mom like I can tell if I don't get enough sleep I'm a shitty mom yeah like everything she does i'm like stop it yes and when i get enough sleep i'm like yes. oh that's so cute yeah come snuggle me like <laughs> i know it's and i it makes a huge difference i hate difference. not getting sleep because yeah. i just i feel like such a shit mom yeah because i'm so temperamental yeah 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 yeah. So, so it's just, like, just knowing I, like,
0: I just don't have the resources to, to do basic shit. So sleep mm-hmm. will help me have the resources to do basic shit. Okay. Yeah. So hydrate, sleep, and eat basic nourishing food. Are you eating basically nourishing food? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. We're just, no, like, I'm basically not, nourishing. Mine is not
1: perfection. And we talked about this in the first episode, I think, is my health is. Yeah. I can't eat gluten. It makes me itchy. It makes me sick. It makes me, like, okay. So like painfully sick and yeah. I don't have time to be sick. Yeah. Now my next thing is to start cutting out sugar. Okay. Because that also makes that me really help. depressed and anxious. Yeah. That'll and help I can regulating. tell Yeah. instantly. And I, but I have such a bad sugar addiction. Yeah. But that's. So
0: we'll just support you where we can. And then when yeah. you're ready to give up sugar, you can give up sugar. Yeah.
1: Okay. And then
0: um, you need to take your meds every day. And I know that you're very off and on about that.
1: That's so terrible. Why is so? That- I thought things were getting better and I forgot to take my meds for a few days. And then I was like, let's see what happens. Yeah. And bad shit happened and things got much worse. And yeah. so now I'm back on my meds. Yeah. And I have an alarm on my phone. Yeah. Where are your night. meds? They are, well. Wh- when do you take them at night? <laughs> they're or in, in the morning? pharmacy right now. My husband's picking them up. Okay. Because where do you keep them? Do you take them at night or in the morning? I take them in the evening. What time? Around dinner time because i i leave them in the kitchen out okay so that not that my like child can reach but yeah. so they're in because if he's out of sight out of mind totally really for me um and so they're out and i have an alarm set for 6 30 which is like the time that i'm either giving chelsea a bath or my husband's getting a bath and i'm cleaning the kitchen okay I'm giving Chelsea a bath and my husband's cleaning the kitchen. Okay. So Is we're that kind a of all still up. You? Yeah, it's been working. I've been back on my meds for almost eight, nine days.
0: Okay. So. Great. And before this, where were your meds? The same place. And or in the bathroom. So then why did you forget? Did you just see them and like not notice
1: them, or? I just kept telling myself, I'll do it later. Okay. And then I would go to bed and be like, I don't want to get up. Yeah. So I might put some on my bedside. Yeah, that's a great too. idea to put them on your bedside. So I'll have some in the kitchen. I'll have my alarm. And then if I'm in my bed, yeah, I'll just keep a little cup of water and stuff. That's a great idea. Because I just can't. You can't can have out.
0: them in more than one place. You can also put them in your purse so that if you're
1: out and you realize you forgot. Yeah. I cannot afford to continue not taking my meds. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So we want to, so this is um, an example of, we want to make it super easy for you to do. And then you really need to be on to yourself when you lie to yourself and say, I'll do it later. Yeah. Because what I've noticed about you over the course of several months of working together is there is a huge impact when you don't take your meds, huge impact quickly
1: when you don't take your meds. So and sometimes I don't feel it, but everybody, everybody around me notices. Right, and it gets bad. Yeah, and so so I want you
0: to trust that they're doing for you what you can't do for you. Yeah, that they're gonna make everything else possible. And that's
1: hard to hear. What? I used to have no mental health issues. Oh, I see, and I like I'd have anxiety a little bit, but my husband would make me go on a walk, and I'd feel fine. And so that that's was the enough. kind of anxiety, like so it wasn't really anxiety; it was I stress. Know. And it's hard for me to be like, my brain used to work, and now it doesn't. Yeah. And it's hard because it's because of my daughter, like giving birth to my daughter, which I love her and I don't resent her for this. But, like, it's hard to have those conflicting messages in my brain.
0: So, are you tying your brain to
1: your daughter? No. Because it was the doctors and it was the hospital we were at. See, I had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, also, birth so doesn't take this it to people. Her.
0: Like, even if you hadn't had the um, C-section, a lot of people get super fucked up from getting pregnant and giving birth. And um,
1: it's not just you. Well, and then it was afterwards too. Like, I did not bond with Chelsea for four months. That's a very it's, physical reaction that a lot of women experience. Yeah, and it's so common and no one talks about it really because I know that not everybody, you shouldn't base your life on movies, but you grow up watching these shows or people telling you, as soon as she was in my arms, I just had a connection and it's not It wasn't my experience either. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't want to hold, I I nursed her and then I asked somebody to take her because they did give me medication. They shot me up with whatever and I was drowsy and drugged up and I was so afraid of, Hurting her, hurting her, dropping her because I was, I knew I wasn't right all there on the head. And so I didn't even want to hold my daughter the first yeah. night. And yeah. that's that's shitty to think about. And none of this is my fault. And none of this is her fault, even though they told me that it was because I was fat, um, which is so fucked up. Um, and I feel like I should just be so thankful because she's alive. So I feel guilty for so feeling you, the way that I do.
0: So when you tell yourself, "I should just feel thankful that she's alive," because it could have
1: been so worse. But so how much does worse. that
0: feel when you tell yourself that?
1: Like, fuck up. I don't know. I'm terrible. S- yeah, it feels terrible. <laughs> I'm just somebody that's. I've been through so much in my life. Like I know I. I'm gonna write a book once my grandpa dies. But anyway, um. And I've been so resilient, and I can't believe the birth of my child has taken me out. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be, like, the best day of your life, and it was not. I'm thankful she's here, and I love her so much. And I love her even more as a two-year-old than I did as a newborn. Right. <laughs> because she has such a great personality, but... Ugh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So lots like a lot of messages of how it should be, how you should be, how your brain should be, how your birth should have been, how your reaction should have been. All all of it is just fighting
1: with reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So glad we grabbed tissues. <laughs> we should Before rename we it. Start- we should rename the podcast Listen to Jell Cry Every Week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Before we started, it was like, <laughs> oh, should we break get some
1: tissues? So.
0: So. So. Can you just be with that for a minute? Like, just see how many stories you have about how it should be. There's
1: a lot. Yeah. And I... I had to unfriend or like unfollow some people okay. that had kids around the same time as me, and it wasn't anything that they did, but they just seemed so happy and had it together. Fucking and social I just, media. I, I couldn't. And I like, and I'm one of those people that I, I don't follow fake ass mom blogs yeah, that are like, oh, my house is huge and beautiful. Nah, nah. I hate those blogs. And I, and I don't follow like the Kardashians or like I don't. I've never compared myself to other people financially that way, but motherhood, man, that one got me. Yeah. Cause they're like, Oh, look, I'm out in public with my kid. And I was like, my kid screams five hours straight. Like I, I'm stuck in my house. Right. So, so
0: I know what you mean about, you know, I just want to share, I guess, for people listening and for you, if it's helpful, when, you know, I went through a period where my brain broke. And I also went through postpartum with my kids. Um, But I went through this period a while back when my brain broke. And I had some of the same thoughts that you've shared, like my brain used to work. And now I can barely function. I can't drive down the road without feeling like my entire body is on fire. I can't, you know, it was like, it was like things that I knew, it was like if there was a scale of one to ten and one being like mildly perturbed and could get over it or just like a glitch or something that and ten being like super fucking freak out, everything that and I could see that things that at one point would have bothered me maybe at a one or a two, um, felt like a 10 and then it would take forever to recover from it. It was just like an assault on my nervous system constantly every time I interacted with people every time I left the house I remember one time I forgot something for my kids and it would have been it was one of those things that like I didn't really care but there was like a little bit of like embarrassment because another mom talked to me about it you know so that I mean it 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 would have been a moment even on my best days but it would have been a moment the end and instead it was like half a day of recovery and I just watched my brain freak out and I was like it was like Watching a fireworks explode when I knew like there's no I just have to wait for this shit to stop.
1: <laughs> it feels like you're stuck yes. on the inside, banging on the glass, yes. like stop doing that. Yeah, and but you you, you just have
0: to wait for it to stop yeah. exploding.
1: And I um,
0: and I had a lot of shame around like my my resilience was so low. I could not function. I could not do. It was so hard. And I felt traumatized by my own mental health. Like whenever I would think about it after the fact or think about what had happened, it was like, because it was so surprising. Like I didn't know this was coming. This just all of a sudden I was fucking nuts. And I still feel a little bit teary just thinking about it. It was that. Do you want to Sure. It was just that it was like whiplash. It was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. And. And so that's why I really, you know, if you if you want to not take medicine, there might be some good reasons for that if you don't want to take Zoloft. But arguing with reality and saying, I shouldn't be going through this, therefore I'm not going to take my Zoloft <laughs> is not an effective way to fix oh. your mental situation. Well, um, okay. Yeah. So really... If you can start thinking about like, well, this has, start just accepting this is happening. This has happened. I'm not the only one this has happened to. This has happened to a lot of women. And if it didn't happen to them, then it will happen in perimenopause or it will, you know, this is a thing that happens. Our brains break. They're not designed for the world that we live in, I'm not going to get all like super weird about the fucking world we live in or something, but our brains are not designed to keep up with the lives that we've designed for ourselves. And it's a huge stress. And then when your hormones get all fucked up with pregnancy, or menopausal changes or environmental impacts or whatever, it's very difficult to function. And your job is to support your brain so that it can function for you. And So what I want to help you do is start to disengage from your mental health. You are not your mental health. You are not your brain. Your brain certainly impacts your experience of the world, but you are not your brain. What do you
1: think about that? I take everything so personally. Uh, Part two. Welcome to part two. Okay. Okay. Um. We'll just trust it. So we were talking about, in case it got cut off, we were talking about disassociating. And then for my sister, when she's yeah. having a really hard day and really rough on herself, I tell her what would, if Chelsea was going through, Chelsea is her most favorite person in the whole white world. Okay, She's, it's,
0: because Chelsea's the only niece ridiculous. for anybody. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. And then I'll be like, if Chelsea was going through the same thing, what would you want to tell Chelsea? And then tell it to yourself yeah because i think especially when we get older we don't realize how much we're loved by people yeah and like and yeah we have to love ourselves but it's hard to love yourself if you don't feel loved too um but like my aunt loves my sister like she you know my sister loves her niece you know and we grow up thinking that people don't love us as much as we do, but then the next generation comes. Yeah. And we love that generation. Yeah. And so think about, yeah, I just need to think about myself. Like I think well, about-
0: Just think about that for a second. Give the same compassion. Just the, like, what would happen if you gave yourself a little compassion?
1: I would stop probably freaking out on my husband. I mean, that's kind a of a little b- bit big picture, but yeah. I would feel a lot of relief. Like, yeah, I don't know if you just noticed, but I just like, I just feel like I lost a lot of weight on like my exhale. chest. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't know it's up to me to do that for myself. Yeah. With some help from you and a therapist and yeah. Talking it through with friends and family, you know what I mean. But it's, I have to do it. You have to do it. I have to release myself from all these ideas I have about myself.
0: Well, just start. We're not circling anybody. Yeah, just start with like being compassionate that this is happening. That's my favorite thought: is this is happening? Because I always want to think this shouldn't be happening. This is fucked up. Shouldn't be this way. Something like that. And so it's such a peaceful thought for me, and you can try it if it works for you, but it's just the thought, this is happening. Stop fighting with reality. My brain is ping-ponging in
1: the glass fucking crazy house right now. I've gotten much better with, because my husband is the person I, well, besides Chelsea, but we don't have these kind kind of conversations. Yeah who i spend the most time with and so i'll let him know if i'm having a really anxious day yeah like i might be a little more snippy today just because i am at like a 10 yeah and i and everything feels, and i want you to know please don't take if i snap personally that's my anxiety is here and then i've come to how does he respond to that he's like okay yeah and then he's a little i think he's much nicer on those days yeah Maybe because he's afraid of me, but he's nicer anyway. Um, and then another thing that I do is if I feel like I'm about to explode with emotions. Yeah. I walk away from a conversation with my husband. Perfect. And the first time I did it, he was not happy. And then I came out and I explained, hey, instead of yeah exploding this discussion into a full-blown fight, I'm going to walk away and take a few minutes because I know where I'm at mentally. And right. Emotionally, and it's it's been better.
0: Yeah, those are really good tools, and they're all about getting yourself back to neutral because you cannot function if you're not at least at neutral. So I have a hundred percent rule for myself, and I want it for my clients. So I want it for you, which is no decisions from negative emotion, no decisions about who's an asshole, no decisions about Mm -hmm. whose marriage you're gonna end no decisions about no to business decisions no decision no evaluations of yourself or your marriage or your business or your daughter or your experience nothing from negative emotion you get yourself back to neutral and then you have access to your creativity your intuition your logic your reason so whatever it takes to get you just back to calm down breathe take a walk whatever all of these are in support of just getting you back to that nervous system assault, stopping it. You look like you want to punch me in the face. What's happening? It's okay.
1: I don't know why I didn't think of it myself. I'm just thinking of all the things that have come from my negative emotions.
0: I mean, have you ever made a good decision from negative
1: emotion? I mean, my ex didn't murder me, so yes. You mean like you left? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you probably left from a, like, I need to rescue myself. I need to save yeah. myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you're in danger,
1: your then fight yeah. or
0: flight, <laughs> like, kicks in and you're not but... operating from negative emotion, you're operating from... um saving yourself
1: in general now
0: yeah and if you're constantly in a situation where somebody is going to murder you we probably need to have another conversation <laughs> but <laughs> if you're not
1: no just once when we were yeah we had broken up and he came to pick up his gun and then he wanted to get back together and played with his gun the entire conversation mm-hmm. so and so trying to intimidate me to get back with him and so what did you do? I didn't get back to them. Do you really want to be with somebody that's going to threaten to shoot you if you don't date them? I mean, I don't. I Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's a great example of, like, doing what you have to do to save yourself.
1: Yeah. And if it would have been any more intimidating, I might still be with him. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. i Am I going to die or am I going to date this guy and keep living? You know? God damn it. And that's not anything, any woman. This is why, (laughs) this is how I shut down people that tell me that guns are good. Uh Uh-huh. I'm just like, let me tell you my story Mm -hmm. and you're never going to change my mind. Uh Uh-huh. But, yeah. Yeah. So that, but not, but not normally, no. Okay. I can't. Yeah. I never say, you never say anything nice to yourself, to the people around you when you're upset. Nope. Never, and it's such a fall. Like so many
0: of us think that, well, especially in part in fights, well, I we just need to talk through it, and then I'll feel better.
1: No, I have to go calm down first before we talk.
0: Through. No, we need to go feel better, then we can talk through it. Do not talk through shit <laughs> when you feel bad. Stop. Yeah. yeah, that's really powerful, and it's the same thing with business decisions. It's the same thing with any of that like get you need like self-care is not going to the spa going to the spa it's supporting
1: your meat sack so that your brain works self-care is me not eating gluten or sugar right and drinking water and going to the gym because right I cannot handle that I do have good news tell me I found a workout class that I absolutely love and I smile Almost through the whole thing. What? Yeah. That's twice a week and I'm so excited. Nice. And then I feel so much better afterwards. Yeah. That's which really is way good. better than me walking on a treadmill for 30 minutes.
0: Good. Do whatever feels like fun. It's so much fun. Whatever feels like fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that'll help me get towards my weight loss health goals. It'll help your brain my too. Brain, yeah. yeah. I was listening to another podcast. I'm going to shout out. See, Samantha Perkins. Yeah, she's a good one. She has the Mind and Body podcast, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how 45 minutes of cardio or, like, 45 minutes of walking will, can, oh, it can be a replacement, not a replacement, but it can be as good as, like, one antidepressant or one anti-anxiety yeah. med.
0: Okay, so if you do want to get off your meds, I have a protocol for you that I'd really like you to address. And we're going to, so, and this is for all listeners, and this is for you. I'm not, um, I'm not here to tell you to take your meds. I'm not here to tell you not to take your meds. But I am here to tell you that if you have been taking your meds, keep taking your fucking meds. And if you want to get off of them, we need to support your brain, support your body, and get yourself to a place where you're thriving And then go off the meds in a very slow way, much slower than Western doctors will have you do. There's not very much research available. There's a lot of research on getting on antidepressants and how effective they are, what side effects they cause and how safe they are. There's a lot of research that goes into the front end of antidepressants. There's not much research, if any, on being on them long-term and It seems to be that they lose their effectiveness after about a year. And a lot of people will have some sort of breakdown or something, take meds, and then after a year, it's like they stop working. And then we raise meds, raise meds, raise, add meds, add meds, add meds. And that seems to be pretty ineffective for a lot of people. And so if you're at a place where you're on your meds and you don't feel like they're doing for you what they once did, there may be a real good reason for that. And so if you want to go off of them, you need to follow a specific protocol or a a protocol that will get your brain very healthy and thriving with the meds on board and then go off of them much slower than Western medicine would have you do. Okay. We can talk more about that if that's something that you want to do. But for now, hear me that if you are taking Zoloft, keep taking your fucking Zoloft. Do not do that to your brain. You are making it a hundred times harder for yourself by jacking with your brain chemistry. Your brain chemistry is already jacked. Don't do more. Said with
1: love. (laughs) I just thought I was better. And I know that's the story for everybody. It's so weird. It's like, I'm fine. Why am I even on my meds?
0: (laughs) You're fine because Because you're taking (laughs) this. I know. I
1: know. Yeah. I do, but in your head, like, and I could tell anybody that, and be like, "What are you doing?" And then I do myself. I'm totally. like, "Oh yeah, no, that's okay." It's like that's Arrested a good Development. Idea. Do you ever watch Arrested Development? Yeah. or they're like, "Oh yeah," I tell people to like date other people in their marriages, and it and it never works out. But maybe it'll work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, yeah. I'm just Tobias. Great, wonderful. Okay, oh, <laughs> that's well, very sexy. Oh.
0: So, all right, so here's what you're going to do, listener and Janelle, is you're going to do whatever you have to do to support your meat sack and you're going to, you're going to do whatever you have to do to support your meat sack. We're here to get your brain online because we can't do cognitive coaching. We can't build a business. We can't have a thriving marriage. You can't be a thriving woman if your brain is not working. I'll say it again. Your brain is not who you are, but it totally affects your experience of the world. They can't hear you nod oh yeah i
1: agree (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like looking at her like a like doe eyes like okay okay yeah yeah yeah
0: because you know what you do is so important to me and it's so important to other women i was talking to somebody yesterday who was telling me about this picture on her website and she hates every picture of herself and i just thought oh thank god seriously i'm not blowing smoke up your ass i um, but i, I mean, just you thought could.
1: i'll try anything <laughs> i <laughs>
0: just thought i am so grateful for janelle's work because you do such a great job of helping women see the beauty that they are and that they have so that they don't have to have that experience That this woman told me that she had so many of us have this I hate every picture of myself I hate looking at myself I hate it you know that's I have like one picture of my grandma because she always covered her face in every picture
1: you know I hate that I know and I do help people see how other people see them because we're our worst critic I know and I just think most women are gorgeous unless you're a total dick um then I don't think you're pretty (laughs) it right. doesn't matter how many it doesn't matter like. like it's because you're yeah. a dick um, but, but that, when you die, like when you ask somebody hey what do you love about me yeah maybe the person you're sleeping with is going to be like that ass though but they're not gonna like <laughs> normally people aren't gonna be like oh i love how you look in that outfit yeah they're gonna say i love how you make me laugh or, I, yeah. I love how you do this yeah. i love your heart for this yeah nobody's gonna say i love the way that you look right. in your pictures right you but know, people want pictures of you because they love you. Yeah. And they don't see all the flaws that you see with yourself. No. That's all in your head. I know. Get out of your head like I am.
0: <laughs> so I just, I'm so grateful for yeah. what you do. And I love you so much. And I just, I, I would like you to stop getting in your own way so that you can create more beauty for as many women as possible.
1: And I can't, if I, if I'm thinking the things that my clients are thinking about themselves and worse, how am I supposed to tell them like, But you're beautiful.
0: I hate myself and everything fucking sucks. Want me to take a picture? And maybe you can hit yourself and see how fucking sucky everything is. Aren't we pretty? I mean, totally.
1: I found my new marketing campaign. (laughs) Everything fucking sucks. Do you want me to take a picture? Aren't we pretty? Put some (laughs) more gloss on. (laughs) <laughs> I hope other people find us as funny as <laughs> Who we find ourselves. We
0: find ourselves funny. Yeah. Alright? Okay. Alright. I love you. I love you too. Okay, bye.